Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is September 12th, 2023. It is Tuesday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Weed Witches Journal. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, No act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted by Aesop. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking Ritual Fire. This is such a unique tea and it's it's one of those that like I wish it got more love because it's so interesting and it is smoky and warm and it has a heat. Like if you really enjoy um those type of flavors, it 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 really Oh, gosh. And I feel like either no one knows about it or the people who do know about it, it's like their favorite. It's just really one of those teas that is not out here to like crowd, please. You know, it's going to be like we just need our few loyal, our few loyal ritual fire people. It is just so fascinating. It has aniseed, cinnamon, cloves. We're getting all that heat. Right. And then we have... um peppercorn which is giving it like a smoky flavor and then we have a few uh things in it such as orange peels and apple pieces which is going to try to like cut through that depthness with some light and some sweetness and it's just so fascinating such a fascinating tea so we're talking a little bit about uh anise seed and some magical properties of it. And this comes to us from PlentifulEarth.com. And basically, it's really great to use for calming, good luck, protection, and psychic awareness. So this could be a great tea to drink maybe before divination or anything where you're trying to receive messages. But maybe you're a little nervous and you need the calming and protection. So very, very fascinating. All right, moving into some headlines. This comes to us from the game, 7.30 a.m. I think it's like a like a news, you know, like a radio situation. Um, but it talks about the legend of Kalamazoo's Wiccan Circle Pentagram House. So I think I actually have heard of this. So one of Kalamazoo's area's most enduring urban legend deals with a house that has a pentagram hidden on the basement floor. The haunted pentagram house is said to be on Vine Street and is known as the Wiccan Circle House. Real Haunt says, this house is said to be very haunted. A total of eight people have died in one way or another in the house, and they are all thought to still reside there. It is said that one may experience faucets turning on and off, 
coasters slipping over and footsteps throughout the house. There have also been reports of the appearance of a glowing cross. Others have alleged to be held to the bed and shoved down the stairs beneath the carpet of the basement, and there is reportedly a Wiccan circle carved into the wood. There is no specific location. Wait, did I say a Wiccan circle? A Wiccan circle. My gosh. They mean a pentagram, and it's not even Wiccan. Ugh. Up my butt. I'm telling you. Like, why? Why? Why do they choose to be this way? Okay. I shouldn't have said <laughs> my butt. I don't know where that came from. Um, I feel like I don't normally say that. Maybe I've been consuming media that, like, says it and I haven't noticed. So, there is no specific location on Vine provided for the Wiccan house. Well, I would hope not. People would get weird. And given Vine is one of the longest east-west streets to traverse in the city, it's impossible to know where the house is. Some speculate the house is on East Vine in the industrial area. Others think it's on West uh, by university. Honestly, probably. It's probably near the school. I feel like typically... You know, young college students love occult practices. So either way, it seems the legend of the Wiccan Circle House. Why is it called the Wiccan Circle House? Is it because they don't know the word pentagram? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Um, see, uh, okay. So either way, it seems the legend of the Wiccan Circle House will just remain that think that occult practices are just for that one house in town not so check and then they talk about celebrities who have been like accused of witchcraft which like who cares all right which is i'm throwing this over to our moon correspondent and after this break we will talk more hello to all of my astro friends this is serendipity the chicago astrologer coming at you with your daily moon mantra for tuesday september 12th the waning crescent moon comes back for an encore in Leo today. Here, the moon squares Uranus. The square to Uranus can cause many upsetting obstacles to spring up throughout your day, leaving you unsettled and on high alert. These kinds of things can have a tendency of wearing you down and possibly even making you throw your hands up in the air and giving up on the day. Try not to lose hope. Take each obstacle as it comes, but don't let the obstacles define your day. Keep your eye on the prize and just keep moving. Your daily moon mantra is, the greater the obstacle, the more glory in overcoming it. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Interested in taking your weed witchery to the next level or wanting to get started? The Weed Witch's Journal by author Carrie Connor blends the worlds of cannabis and magic together to help you document, explore, and expand your daily practices. Dig deeper into yourself with intuitive insights, mystical visions, shadow work, or connect to nature for starters. Want to explore your creativity? Dive in with My Vibe, Inspirational Ink, and the Flower Power activities. Looking to practice your skills? Get attuned with pendulum work and one-card reading. Plus, document your practices with full moon, new moon, spell tracker, ritual tracker, and more. Order the Weed Witch's Journal now from your favorite bookshop or wherever books are sold. All right, we are back. So we have a question from one of our listeners, Karen. Karen says, I would like to know more information on sigils or not magic. All right, let's dig in. Let's talk about sigils. So 
this comes to us from wikihow.com, but or the information about sigils today. But let's talk about what sigils are, right? So sigils are kind of a symbol that you're using to like evoke a spell or hold on to energy from a spell. Very similar to not magic. So I can see how you connected those two. Um, and it's really great for people who are artistic, right? We're all different. Some of us are cerebral. Some of us are um, more in our bodies. We like to move when it comes to rituals and spell work. Some of us like to just be in our heads. Some of us want to craft things and make things. And some of us want to channel um, our magic through our creative endeavors like sigils. So sigils are great for people in that realm. And it's also endless, right? You can kind of do whatever you want. So there's a lot of different methods for creating a sigil. And I know Loris Tempest, she has a great method. If you're into sigils, she has a book. I'm pretty sure it's considered like one of the best books. I highly recommend. But there's a few different ways you can go you can, you can go about it. I've, I, I've heard of a few methods, but let's just start out with what this article recommends. So first, define your goal or intention. Sigils are meant to be visual representations of your desires. Therefore, the first step to making a sigil is identifying why you want one, which is like true for all spell work, right? Figure out the energy you want to generate, set a goal you want to reach, or picture the event you want to manifest in your life. For example, many people create sigils for wealth, happiness, success, love, luck, protection, what have you. So just determine your goal. Oh, okay. I definitely, so this is a very popular method that, that they're suggesting, but it's really great for when you're starting out. Next, write out the phrase that you, that embodies what you want. So let's say you are really struggling at work and you feel like people don't take you seriously and maybe you just have some social anxiety. So you're like, I need, I need a sigil that I can like carve into my receipt book at work. So you can write down something like, I am confident and capable, right? So write down that phrase and then remove all the vowels and repeating letters. So once you know your intention, grab a piece of paper, like we said, and like phrase it out. Phrase it positively and in present tense. So for example, I am competent and capable. You're not going to say, I don't want to be shy and timid, right? That's, you're not giving it the neg, the, you're not giving it the positive tense, you're giving it the negative tense. Uh, and then you don't want to say, I hope one day to be confident and capable, right? Make it now. I am confident and capable. And then again, you're going to cross out all the vowels in the sentence. So A-E-I-O-U. And then repeating letters. So if there's three M's, cross out the other two M's. So this leads you with maybe, I don't know, 10-ish letters to work with typically. And then at that point, you can take the letters and try to almost puzzle piece them together, right? 
take those letters and how can you put them together to create a symbol? And you can overlap if you have something, but maybe there's a weird element, feel free to like take that weird element out. Again, it's supposed to be creative. There's no formula that's perfectly going to take you to creating sigils. And then if that doesn't work for you, again, choose something that does, right? Um, if you're going to be choosing to do sigils, you're usually choosing it so that you, you're choosing it because you find that appealing because you're creative, right? So be creative, be creative. Don't worry about doing it wrong or whatever. Um, when it comes to sigils, it's all about creativity and something that you look at and feel proud about is going to work better than something you look at and go, Oh, I don't like how that turned out. You know, now moving on to not magic. This is really interesting. So the first time I learned about not magic was in, um, you know, Uncle Bucky's big blue book. So which is where I think a lot of people learn a lot of their first stuff. So not magic. The idea is that you're capturing magic or energy into knots. And the first time I ever did not magic, and this was one of the best experiences of my life. I was in my early 20s and my little coven that I had created. We went to a cabin in the middle of the woods and we went for one night and we just had one of the best times. We made a feast and we did spell work and we danced and drank too much and it was just incredible. And I remember, actually, I did a spell that night and I got everything from the spell. It was really just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I had done magic that night. I took some string and I created four knots and I put the string around my wrist. And then after the event, anytime I wanted to feel that energy again, I released one of the knots, right? So kind of where does this come from? So it can often be referred to as a witch's ladder. So a modern witch's ladder is typically a string of 40 beads or cord or knots. Sometimes feathers, bones, and other trinkets are braided into the string as symbols for a desired spell effect. An earlier version of the witch's ladder cons consisted of rope or cord of three, nine, or 13 knots. So a witch's ladder can be created a section at a time or all at once. Either way, special chants can be spoken um, to empower the talisman. So let me see if I actually have um, the big blue book on my shelf and I'll go grab it. All right, I am back. So that, that took me forever. And the reason is, is because you scan your shelf and like at no point does a book yell at you, hey, I have a two chapters in here on the thing you're looking at. So I went through all these books, all these books, all these books, all these books, Wiccan books and old books and um, oh, whatever. And then I'm finally looking at my shelf. I have a shelf that is like books I was sent, but I haven't done anything with them. And I found a book called Cord Magic, String Yarn Twists and Knots. So here we go. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I had a whole book on the subject and it took me 30 whole minutes to find. So let me see what this book says. 
Okay, so keep in mind this is an entire book, but I'm just going to grab the simple things for us for this episode. But obviously, if you want to know more, Chord Magic by Brandy Williams is where you want to go. So she writes, the simplest form of chord magic is a single colored string. With dyed string, you can make a blessing. For single thread chord magic, you can use embroidery floss or knitting yarn or even kitchen or garden twine. You can use any material you already own. So let's just do like a simple spell or I'll show you what like a simple not chord magic spell looks like. And this one is a red thread protection. So first you want to measure your string um, about 18 inches or from the tip of your middle finger to your elbow. Cleanse with a little sprinkle of water and say this cord is cleansed by water to be fit for my purpose. Then you want to bless the string. Hold the string between your hands and say this cord protects me and blesses me. If it is meant to be a gift, substitute the name of the recipient. This cord protects so-and-so and blesses so-and-so. Then you want to tie it. The binding is complete when the two ends are knotted together. You can ask a friend to tie it around your wrist, wrapping it a few times and tying a knot. Knot it yourself and wear it around your neck or place it in a small bag and carry it in your pocket or handbag. Or you can gift it and wrap it with tissue. Place it in a small box or bag and write out a card with your blessing for the receiver. Now, there's something else we can do called not wishes. And so basically, this is where you have an intention. So you write a sentence describing your intention. You pick a cord. You speak the intention while holding the cord. And then you tie the knot. So tie the knot loosely so that it can be untied easily. And as you tie the knot, say, with this knot, the wish is sealed. And this is kind of what I was talking about in terms of, like, capturing energy. So when the purpose is accomplished, so when you get your wish, the wish has come true. You've passed the test. You got the new car, moved into the new house or whatever. You can untie the knot and say the work is done. And then basically she writes that knots contain energy. When you tie a knot to make something happen, we also tie a knot to prevent something from happening. The knot puts the energy on a magical hold, keeping the energy itself locked up within the knot. The magic is used less frequently and then the knot wishes because it's tricky to get the intention right. And so, yeah, you can use knots to hold on to a feeling, which is what I did when I told my little story. You can use it to keep a secret, retaining capacity, uh, and all of this. So this is a really good book. If this is something you're into, um, I definitely think you want to grab this. I didn't even know I had it. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I need. So I hope that was helpful. All right, witches, we are wrapping. Oh, no, we're not wrapping up. No, we're not. I actually found a peer review article from the Journal of Western Folklore. And it talks about not and not lore. And I wanted to share a little bit of what it says. So it says the folklore of knots, and this was written by Cyrus Day in 1950. The folklore of knots has two divisions. On one hand, primitive people have always thought knots possess magical powers for good or evil, and therefore in many parts of the world, knots have played and still play an important role in magic and religion. Obviously, he's using the word primitive people uh, in a way we would not use that today. This was written in 1950. Um, 
we just have to realize we don't say that anymore. So on the other hand, knots are still a indispensable tool in the lives of people and manual skill is used and transmitted from generation to generation through imitation and oral instruction. The first division of the subject, the magical and religious, has been studied from various points of view by Dilling Fraser and others and is reviewed in this present essay. The second division, the practical and less thoroughly explored, is studies of materials and cultures of people uh, who have been making traditions from weaving, basketry, and net making. So they're talking about how knots have always just played a really important role in the lives of people, right? Either traditionally through basket weaving or uh, net making or spiritually, right? Which is kind of what we just talked about. So I think it's just really uh, fascinating that this is definitely a thing, you know? It's definitely not just like a Wiccan or witch thing. It's a, it's a long-held human thing. All right, witches. Now I am wrapping up this episode of The Witch Daily Show. I do have a card pull today. Our card is Step from Dark Magic Oracle. Consider the steps you're taking in your life. Sometimes two step forwards and three step back isn't a bad thing. If you feel like you're having to relearn old lessons when you pull this card, don't get frustrated or feel let down. If life is moving backwards, it can be an opportunity to revisit your methods and refine your approaches. Daily practice, wear or carry citrine quartz, which carries the power of the sun and is aligned with self-healing, inspiration, and courage. Drink chamomile tea to calm your mind and feel capable. Stand in the sunlight and take deep breaths, feeling expansive, confident, and ready for life. All right. And I do have some shout outs today. First, Miss Josephine Emadova. Miss Josephine, you wise, scintillating newborn baby. Elise S., you wicked golden garden nymph. Lisa McGinnis, you transcendent poetic sunset. And Lauren Wilson, you cunning scrumptious leprechaun. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything I reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Bye. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, Take one more deep breath and have a great day.